Writers have more stories to tell than those that are written on a page. Join me as I talk about my life, loves and inspiration behind my work so far and maybe even a sneak peek into stories yet to come. Hi, I'm Chris Tetrault-Blay and this is Dead Men Talk. Welcome to another very special episode of Dead Men Talk. And I mean, this is for, for more reasons than, than, than just one. This is a very, very special episode for me. Because as you'll see, this will really hark back to the one of the main reasons why I started this podcast in the first place. Um, I get to welcome um, Jonathan Willis and Chris Harris, who are the founders of the House of Frankenstein experience that's just opened in Bath. Welcome, guys. Hi. Hi, Chris. It's lovely yeah. to be here. Ah, lovely to have you. And uh, just to kind of touch on, sort of um, give a little bit of background, I suppose, to why as, as, as much as um, your attraction is, is amazing and what drew me to it in the first place and why I really wanted to get you on. Um, I'm a horror writer as well. And obviously, like many horror fans, writers, whatever, Frankenstein played a big part in inspiring me and influencing where I wanted to go with my writing. The reason I started the podcast is because I want to tell my stories behind the stories and what you guys have done with House of Frankenstein's you're doing exactly that with probably the biggest gothic horror um, story ever so it's very fitting especially on Friday the 13th as well that I get to talk to you so um, um, I guess really just to start off is, is kind of taking it right back to the beginning before we get to the actual you know, the House of Frankenstein attraction itself is where did you each, where does your relationships begin with the story? So where did you uh, discover it and, you know, develop an affinity with it? Chris? Wow. Well, I, well, I, well me, look at it, look at us, we're of a certain age. So, I mean, I, <laughs> I sort of grew up in Hammer House of Horrors and sort of uh, obviously sort of the Boris Karloff, I didn't grow up with the Boris Karloff film, but I was familiar <laughs> with it. But um, so, so, so my interest in Frankenstein, I, I suppose, started then with the sort of the, probably with the derivatives not the original story um whether it's boris karloff or or, or the, i said the hammer films particularly so that uh, but i think it's a strange strange one frankenstein whoever you are you you're aware of it in, in in some capacity and i think even if you're not a horror fan there's a certain affection towards the creature it, it, because he just plays out throughout the whole of the world now in, in terms yeah. of popular culture he's so prevalent everywhere yeah. In, in advertising and marketing and, and and clothing and wherever it is, he's there. So that's but my mine was probably Hammer and cool. Boris Khan. Oh, cool. My my part of my history. I mean, me, me and Chris have known each other thirty years, more than thirty years. But uh, my part of what I ended up disappearing into <clears throat> is is making uh, in horror movies. So we've made a, a lot of low budget horror movies for Sony Entertainment and. Uh, okay. Uh, but we have never made a Frankenstein one, but that that could 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 come at some time. Chris and I, Chris, Chris and I met in the theatre, so okay. that's part of why the attraction is theatrical. It's like going back to our roots of the of the, of the theatre, mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> we've both done film and video, and there's elements of that here too, mm-hmm. and we've both been writers, and so there's elements of literature. So it's taking all our uh, history. Mm. Uh, and, and bringing it together and, and, and putting all those elements into this into this attraction. Yeah, brilliant. So 
going from obviously your love of the story and uh, way back when you know before this was even an idea how did this idea come about then what what kind of aside from your love of it I suppose what what did you think uh, why did you think it required to be you know put out there in an attraction like this well, first, first of all, Chris, we 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 obviously get together <clears throat> regularly. Chris came to Bath about twelve years ago. Ice came seven years ago, and yeah, I think it was just a meeting in a pub over a pint, and Chris saying, "Did you know that Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein here?" And I didn't, and a lot of other people don't. I didn't. Yeah. But, yeah. So, so it was a revelation, and then you 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 explore that a little bit, and there is a plaque now mm. to that event uh, from 1816 in uh, the, where, where the pump rooms is now. She was at this, this um, property called Five Abbey Churchyard where they took lodgings and that's where she wrote Frankenstein. And there's a, uh, and that, but that's all there is. There, there, there is no, nothing else to celebrate the fact that that novel, which is one of the hundred best, most influential novels of all time, a novel that's never been out of print from its first printing and is considered the world's first science fiction novel it was written here and there was nobody celebrating it and so when chris mentioned that it occurred to me that opening a uh, an attraction in in celebration of that was was something that we'd simply had to do well, yes exactly i mean 10 minutes prior to me telling jonathan i wasn't aware of it either i, th I think <laughs> it's, it's been a, it's been a well-kept secret and I, th I think what it, it was a strange one actually because it goes back many many years I, 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 my nieces were very interested in these pop-up horror attractions uh, mm. that, that appeared about, you know, about 10 or 12 years ago, I guess. And I was fascinated about how interested they were in it and how much enjoyment they got of it. But these things only lasted for like a couple of weeks. This is when sort of, you know, that, that seasonal horror attraction was in its infancy. I mean, nowadays they're popping up all over the place. And it just, there was a little seed that was planted in the head going, God, imagine if there was a permanent attraction that, mm. that, that sort, of, sort of just investigated fears and phobias. So I think I had some grand title in my head. I don't know, the Museum of the the Exploration of Fear and Phobia, something ridiculous like that. I don't know. But but it was a little seed that was planted, and then you know, as John John mentioned, you know, I've been living here a few years, and, it, and suddenly, you know, I, I realised uh, that that Mary Shelley wrote a lot of Frankenstein here, and and and, and those two little seeds just connect, that those those little yeah. thoughts connected. I thought, oh my God, we could tell the Mary Shelley story but um, in a sensory environment. And, and Jonathan's, you know, I've known Jonathan for many years and Jonathan's background is very entrepreneurial. Mm. I, I might sit an idea for, for a very long time and Jonathan acts quite quickly. And so yeah. uh, we, we just chatted through this idea and the more we talked about it and the more we found out about Mary Shelley mm. and, and started investigating it, it just seemed like, and how has this not been told anywhere? Why has it not been told in Switzerland where she started it? Why not in Marlow where she finished it? Why not in Bath? You know, why not in Bournemouth where she's buried? And yeah. or anywhere in the world where Frankenstein is, is celebrated. No one's thought of it. And it just why? seemed like this is the perfect place, perfect place to do it. So this this is the first of its kind, am I right in saying? A certain Mary Shelley, yeah, yeah. yeah brilliant. I mean, there's a there's a waxworks museum in America, and you know, but but in terms of actually the Mary Shelley story, if you mm. think you've got Arthur Conan Doyle is celebrated, Dickens is celebrated, Jane Austen is celebrated, but not Mary Shelley, and you think this mm. is all visionary. And talking of Switzerland, where it was conceived, <laughs> uh, we do have our own merchandise, which is Frankenstein Toblerone, <laughs> uh, which amazing. I shall place, place sure. here. Product uh, placement, go ahead. Bit of product placement, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I, I think it's one of those. It's just like the, now, we, now it's actually you know we, we we've got it up and running. 
you, you, do, you do stop and think, gosh, how has it taken this long for, mm -hmm. for, for this to actually sort of come about? And it's, it's, it's brilliant. I think, we've, I think we both, both love that fact that, you know, yeah. we, we got this off the ground and done it. But I think one of the exciting things from our, both our points of view is what Chris just mentioned in terms of permanence. We've mm -hmm. both worked in the theater. When you do a theater show, you put your heart and soul and energies and time and money and effort into it. And it lasts for a run and that's yeah. it. And then it that's, disappears unless yeah. it's the mousetrap, which is rare. And if you're doing a, a, a film, then it, it has a peak and then it disappears into the bargain basement bin very, very quickly. With this, uh, we, we, it could be here for 100 years. So it's, it's working on something that's theatrical and yeah. multimedia that could last for a long time. And that's, that's, that's fun. Uh, that was going to be sort of you've probably answered one of my questions there. Actually, one that I had even before I visited it, because um, just to let everyone know, uh, who is watching listening to this um my interest in this was peaked enough that i uh, i was there on opening day i had my tickets well in advance i had to see this as soon as i knew there was something even dedicated to frankenstein before i even knew that it really delved into mary shelley's story i knew i would be there and um my mind was really opened up when i when i got in there you know there were many many things i came away with that i never knew before but one of the things was I was just kind of wondering, going even going around it, is this something that is here for a set amount of time? Um, is it going to like tour around? Is it something that you could take about? Um, or is it there to stay sort of in Bath? It's not something that we we can pick up physically. No. Tour. It's, a, it's a Georgian, five-story Georgian building. Um, I've, see, I've seen the Monty Python film, but I don't know if it's going to move. But we could try. <laughs> well, what we would like to do, and, and it is in, in our... Uh, thoughts is to replicate this elsewhere in the same sure. way that dungeon has been done madame tussauds we could have one in amsterdam we could have one in berlin we could have one in las vegas uh and that's something that we we, we want to explore the it's all your favorite later. holiday destinations isn't it uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'm go anywhere i want to go it's always <laughs> that's right i'm blackpool good place yeah. to start good place yeah. to start yeah ideal bring one down here to devon it would go you never it would go as a go. Storm. absolutely absolutely yeah. <laughs> So yes, the idea of replicating this elsewhere is something that we really, really do want to do. Yeah. Um, and also the other thing we want to do, or one of the other things we want to do, we want to create a, a VR experience as well, an Oculus Quest VR experience within the, the property. So that even if you might be in Wyoming, mm. Utah, uh, Beijing or whatever, you could still uh, visit here virtually and, and, and have a tour, mm. um, uh, even though you're, you're not necessarily visiting Bath. Cool. Nice segue into the next bit, actually, then. So without giving too much away, um, for those who may be listening and watching this who haven't yet visited, um, just give us a kind of an idea, a, a virtual tour, in a sense, of, of sort of, you know, what there is contained within the building, within this attraction. Well, it, it, the, the entire, it's a multi-sensory, fully immersive experience where we sort of use soundscapes, audioscapes, um, sense around the building. As soon as you walk into the building, you, 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 I think you, you, you know this is something a little bit different in that you're, you're greeted with an ominous soundtrack. The, the, the building we've dressed up in a way which is faded grandeur. Mary Shelley's story wasn't a glamorous story. She wasn't no. sitting around sipping tea, eating cucumber sandwiches. Uh, you know, the, the Mary and Percy were quite often on the run from bailiffs and debt collectors. They, they've been just owned by their families because they'd eloped. Mary was, you know, had, had a child with, um, with Shelley. And so they were, they were kind of on the run living a rather chaotic, a lot of the times tragic life story. Yeah. 
uh, a tragic story. And I think so what we've done with the building, just the general feel of it is to create that kind of mess uh, where it feels like the building is slightly falling apart. The further you go up, the, 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 the bigger the cracks become. For the sake of heritage of this thing, they're not real cracks, they're all painted. And so we've had <laughs> the plastic set designers come in and, 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 and just change this building in terms of just, just superficially. Yeah. So, so it's, it's painted beautifully. And, and, and what we've put in here in terms of props and, uh, and sorry, in terms of sets have just been beautifully made, but again, just slightly faded and slightly crumbling. And so the, the whole building has a sense of just, just an undercurrent of sadness about it because it's not mm. as beautiful as it might be, in the, which is the Mary Shelley story, really. And yeah. it's the rooms, each room has its own scent and its own soundscape, its own music scape. And so we've tried to create an ambient environment where there's dark lights and flickering lights and smells. And I, I just think so. And that's just the basic setting. And then mm. we've got things on the walls and beautiful props that have been made and uh, a, a visual feast, I, I say immodestly. So it's, it's, it's <laughs> cultural. We, we were celebrating Mary yeah. Shelley. The cult, it's, it's literary. So mm. we learn a lot about a book uh, and uh, Mary Shelley and her life and Percy Shelley, Lord Byron. It's um, uh, at all times uh, literally cultural and, and historical, but it's also super creepy. Hmm. So we have downstairs in the basement, which one of the reasons why we're attracted specifically to this property is that the, 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 the basement vaults lend itself to a really one wonderful walk through horror experience. Yeah. So you, it's a five story Georgian townhouse, you, you go up, you learn that there's Mary Origins, there's uh, the, the, an area where you learn about the genesis of the book. Um, about elements of where Mary has been inspired by uh, death with his laboratory, uh, where with, with our pièce de résistance, uh, eight-foot animated uh, creature, which we'll come to in a minute. Yeah. Uh, there's elements of popular culture. There's a small screening, cinema screening room uh, where we show the original Frankenstein film from 1910, which is a, a, a silent movie, 16 minutes long. And then down in the basement, you go for the proper scare and then you come in the shop for the merch um but the a uh, uh, beautiful thing that we've managed to be able to create is is our creature our yeah. creature yeah uh, the, because everyone when people think of frankenstein think of boris karloff they think of the green skin bolts to the neck flat 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 topped head creature yeah. but of course that was just universal pictures interpretation so we went back to the source material we went back to the book and looked at what mary shelley wrote uh mm -hmm. about her what her creature was uh, and we uh, commissioned a company called Millennium FX, a BAFTA award-winning animatronic studio, to come up with our um, creature. I'm saying creature. I want to, I want to say monster because we, we've all said monster, but she never mentioned it. I was going to say, you know, she always refers to it as a creature, which I I didn't realise till I read the book, you know. Yes. Think, yeah. yeah. And, that, 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 and people find that very arresting yeah. because it, it, it breathes, uh, it looks at you, it has expression. Uh, it's within this lighting scape. It's within this theatrical, theatrically dressed. It's wonderful soundscape that Chris has come up with, and also uh, it's, we've got this olfactory art going on. So it smells like a biology lab. Mm -hmm. So you've got all these elements taking place, and people are, are uh, um, left um, breathless. It's, it's been quite interesting, the creature, because you, you, when we had him commissioned, you're never quite sure. There's a part of you think people just want to see the flat top green skin yeah. monster. Yeah. And so, so will they be disappointed? And it's not been that. People have actually been quite moved by the creature. 
they, they suddenly, and this is this is when in, in the early genesis of this, when we we're talking to Millennium, as, as you, know, you pointed out very quickly, we, they, the designs are initially started feeling like a monster. And it's like Victor Frankenstein never created a monster. Mm. He's trying to create the perfect human being. Mm. And it, it just turned into a monster from people's perceptions. But, you know, he, and, and I think that's it. We wanted humanity to come out of the creature. Mm. So as you're looking at it, you, this is, this is a, a person who you just think must be in quite a lot of pain. Yeah. You know, these open wounds and 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 it, you just think yeah and i i think that, that the humanity comes out of it as yeah. well so it's, i think it's a really strong preach we, we, we've made it's an amazing it's, it's an amazing bit of work and even though i i knew to expect that at some point because obviously you know having you know, the hints on your your facebook pages and that 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 was happening even when you see it you don't you don't really realize how how powerful that's going to be and yeah exactly looked as human as you can get in circumstances like that, I suppose. It's uh, it's 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 an it's an amazing bit of bit of work. We also have a seven foot green monster as well. So it's, <laughs> it, it, hopefully no one will be disappointed. No, no, but I I for one, I um you know, going back, Frankenstein was I discovered it through movie form. Um the first that I ever knew really of Frankenstein was Kenneth Branagh's 94 movie mm. adaptation. It's always remained my favorite adaptation i i you know i can go to the classic you know Karloff ones and that but for whatever reason and knowing that actually since that that is the one that they consider closest to the book as well i think you know i couldn't really ever replace that so you know seeing your your creature looking more along the lines of what i was familiar with in that film i suppose in, we we have a pinball machine yes we... i know oh, oh, was... the, the 94, 94 yes. film. Yeah. i was yeah. i again when we got to that floor um where you've got this room just kitted out with all these you know bits of memorabilia and everything and then i saw that and it took me a moment to really realize what it you know what what was actually depicted i was i'm very jealous very jealous where where did you acquire how did you acquire that just being well, God, I, well in, in the quest of actually finding bits and pieces to put in this attraction i i had sort of searches all over the place and little bells would go off on my computer mm. saying something's come up on wherever it is i don't know this happened to be gumtree i think okay uh, gumtree and it was a it was a gentleman in rotherham uh was it rotherham it was it was yeah it was, it was, it was south yorkshire yeah so yeah and um so, so yes he had this machine and i got an alarm and i immediately called and said we have to have that and uh he very kindly brought it down himself he couldn't bear to let a courier bring it oh he so he was delighted that when he arrived here, thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe where this is actually going to end up. So it, it, it was, I must actually... And it, it's one of the most popular things. Yeah, it, people love it. Partly because uh, pin pinball is addictive, it's fun. Mm. Uh, but, but, but another reason, you don't see him on it around anymore. No, uh, my kid, I've got, I've got older kids and I've got younger kids. My younger kids come and they just throw away their iPads. They want to play this pinball. <laughs> they've never seen one and it's just tactile and fabulous. Yeah, yeah. I, I was kicking myself really because I, I got in that room. I didn't realize it was like a fully working one that you could have a go on until I was just about to come out. And then there was somebody else who had gotten behind me who then ah. had a go. And I was like, ah, I can but Chris, I said, come around again. Hmm. We'll shut the whole thing. You can spend a whole <laughs> evening drinking Bloody Mary's. Yeah, that sounds like good. That yeah. sounds brilliant. Yeah, I'll take you up on that at some point. Absolutely. That's, um, yeah, going up to so so moving across just for a second into the popular culture side of you know Frankenstein and again everyone is familiar with the imagery, yes the the you know the the green skin flat top version like you said, um, where do you how how do you feel or why do you feel it's been so popular, you know and how it's been you know 
taken so many different directions uh, you know across the years what why do you, what is it about the story that you think is is caused that to happen i think it's partly because it's as relevant now as it's ever been and it always will be we talk about frankenstein food we talk about ai we talk about people in wuhan laboratories messing around with viruses yeah. and piecing these things together uh it's 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 around us all the time mm. uh and and people i mean there was donald trump um they were trying to sue Donald, donald trump or donald trump was trying to throw something out and he went to court and they they the judge called it a, a frankenstein lawsuit or something it's just something that has been kind of hacked and pieced together yeah. it, it, that, that that word is is it's part of language now isn't it yes it's absolutely yeah. well, but yes exactly what it is i mean the frankenstein book was the first book that actually questioned when science goes wrong mm, and, it, and, it, okay. and that's why it's actually sort of remains i mean even in the 1800s it started being used as a metaphor in terms of politics and satirical um cartoons and stuff politics yeah. and religion and whatever it may well be and and, and it's and, and that's the reason it's endured just as uh, more than anything is that as john says it's that's the key point it's relevant as a metaphor for so many different yeah. things and it's a great book it's also it's it's, a, it's also about you know it's, it's that thing about it is it's a human story as well yeah it's, it's, it's survived for many, many reasons. But here, I mean, we were focusing on Frankenstein because that's the that's the hook. Mm. But of course, we also feature an awful lot of other things that Mary Shelley wrote. Mm. And one thing that we discovered, obviously, we put we put this whole thing together during a pandemic. But one thing we discovered is is the, the last man. The last man. I know. Like, which she wrote, eighteen twenty-six. I bought this off the back of visiting House of Frankenstein. I will say, so. which, which which your 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 listeners readers. Viewers might not know, but it, it's it's to do with a global pandemic mm. uh, set in the 21st century and the economic collapse of the world. The only downside, everyone's traveling around in hot air balloons, but you know, she could have been, could <laughs> get past that. No, no, Bristol Fiesta. Yes, of course, maybe she <laughs> that's true. But you know, she's an extraordinary person. I think just also going back to something you said earlier on about you know, setting this up about what motivates people to write something. What we're doing here, we're not just telling this huge story of Mary Shelley's. It's very much focusing on, we're telling the story, but it's also focusing on what inspired her to write it. Mm. Because clearly she didn't just get an idea and write a book. There were components that actually fed into that. Uh, and, 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 you know, she, she was a visionary. She, she did have, the way she thought about things generally was obviously a key component, just in terms of obviously her thoughts on the last man. But, you know, the, 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 the key elements here in terms of her, her mum dying at an early age and the death of one of her children and her interest in science and, uh, you know, her, her, yeah. her dad's, you know, she was self-educated, Mary, she didn't get a formal education, but all these sort of components that fed into it. Mm. But as I said, but, 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 but within that, within the things, the components that actually fed into her coming up with the story, he was still an extraordinary person who had yeah. the foresight just to sort of think beyond her own world. And let's not forget, she wrote Frankenstein when she was 19. That's impressive, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, looking at what you learn from that first part of the the experience where you really learn about her background you know her parents and the, the the tragedies that she lived through early on as well again i never knew any of that i've not even i don't know why but i've not even been compelled i love the story to death i've, I've not even been compelled to delve into her story before you know visiting house of frankenstein mm. um it's easy to see i suppose how her life maybe shaped her towards this sort of genre um but still you know and also in a in a time when female writers were largely overlooked as well because i believe you know part of it she she did she released it without her name on it for fear that yes, it wasn't taken seriously 
the first edition of 500 copies. Well, you, you probably read that critic's book then, the very, the very pompous critic who couldn't believe that one of the failings of this novel is that it was written by a woman. Yeah. It's, this, it's, it's this unbelievable quote. I can't yeah. remember off the top of my head. It's an unbelievable quote. Mm. It's just this, this, this pompous fool who yeah. made this horrible sort of just dis dismissed this book because it was written by a woman is long gone and nobody knows who he is. And 200 years later, this, everyone's yeah. talking about this book. So she's, she's a great character. Why do you do you know if you've got an idea why or haven't found out any reasons why her story largely hasn't been told until now? I don't understand it myself because you just, you just think it's 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 you know in most lists it's regarded as one of the most top hundred most important books in English literature. She's she's a you know an incredible figure really in terms of you know as you said the first science fiction novel one of the most famous horror stories. I don't understand it. I, I just think it's one of those things that. This, I think this is why it's the success of this really is just like, how has it not been done before? Yeah. You know, yeah. so this is, you know. It was, I mean, and going back to what we mentioned earlier, when Chris mentioned it in the pub and, and literally just mentioned it. And from my perspective, that was a, <clears throat> it was a total no-brainer. Hmm. We have to do this. Of all the things we've started and got off the ground and different projects and companies and organizations and operations and films and theater and all yeah. that kind of stuff. This is not this is absolute no-brainer because this this story needs to be told. Yeah. And and of course I've known Chris long enough to know that he would creatively uh, uh, tell it mm -hmm. in a, a fascinating uh, and unique way. Yeah. The, the beauty of this as well is that Frankenstein needs no explanation. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's anything that when you have to start, what's your idea? Well, and then you got a thirty-second yeah. picture. But, but this is this Frankenstein, and everyone, everyone gets it. <laughs> It's just yeah. like, you know, you might see the section on advertising, you know, where there's this a lot, a lot of posters we've got there, all little pictures from magazines and where, you know, the, 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 the creature or the monster, because it's mm. the, always the flat top, green yeah. skin, will immediately recognize the creature. And so then it's just the joke or the tag that goes with it to sell the product. It, yeah. it's, everyone understands the backstory. So I think that's the main thing with this. It's just like, you know, anything that doesn't need an explanation has got a head start. Yeah, no, I do. Interesting, actually. The 1931 movie was, of course, black and white. Hmm. So there was no green in the whole movie. So it must have just been the movie poster that was green. No, no, it's not. He was actually painted green, in, in, oh. but, but it was to do with the, um, the lighting. Because the, in terms of the film stock, in terms of people's skins, it didn't, it's to do with that. It's, oh. it's, 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 so he, he was painted to, so he would look a different shade with the, uh, what it's not, it's, it was a mercury base, wasn't it, the film or something? I can't remember. I, I yeah. can't remember the actual, the reason for it, but he was actually, he did have a lick of paint on him. Oh, okay. To, to actually sort of, uh, yeah. This, this stuff fascinates me. It really does, you know. So but it, 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 it's, it, it was, as, as you'll know, as you went round, is the, the, the makeup artist called Jack Pierce. Mm. So Universal would have, would have said, we're making this movie, this guy, Boris Karloff, he's going to, you know, he's going to be, the the creature in this book well loosely based yeah. on this um we want a unique take on what uh, a, a mad scientist would come up with yeah. if he got some body parts and pieced them all together now now go away and work on that so it was his idea it was jack this jack pierce who now is literally universal it is it is i mean even going to I, my little boy is mad on halloween so he watches anything you know cartoons or whatever so he instantly he, he doesn't know the story doesn't know anything about frankenstein yet uh, but he will recognize as soon as even i'll wear this t-shirt or you know show him a cartoon drawing of that creature um he knows exactly who it is 
Um, they even used it in you know things like the monsters, the look. They yeah. didn't reference yeah, yeah, them. Yeah. There's anything to do with Frankenstein, but yeah. you know, yeah. Same makeup because it was, it was universal to the monsters, which is why it's copyright. They could they were allowed to do that same design. Got yeah. But, okay. but it was it was really since thirty one that I mean as John said, it's always been in print. But it was after thirty one where it exploded into mm. public consciousness. People embraced the creature. They, they, they loved the. I mean, Boris Karloff's performance was fantastic. I, I know it's very different to what Mary Shelley wrote, but it's mm. still a beautiful, iconic performance. Yeah. And, and and the makeup is just astonishing, really. When you look at it, you think, "Gosh, that that that." And I mean, Jack Pierce again was yeah. another incredible character. He had no formal training, taught himself. Uh, you know, and he's he's responsible for the Wolfman, for um, uh, oh god, the mummy, the, the mummy, the yeah. Dracula. I know it's long changed most of it, but it's just that you know he's. He's, he's virtually responsible for the most famous, iconic monsters of the 20th century, this one character. So it's, it's brilliant. There are images and looks that still live up today. You know, you can look at those films and they, they still look as good well, as the you, your, your viewers will be able to Google, if you Google uh, uh, in YouTube, uh, there's an Apple commercial. There's an Apple commercial that features uh, a Frankenstein character. Uh, and he has Bolt and he, he's Christmas and he does some uh, lights into his neck. Uh, and it's it's due to the iPhone, I think. You know, it's only a few years ago. It's fabulous, yeah. fabulous. So everybody's still using that yeah. uh, that image in commercials now, and com will continue to do. However, they're going to sh soon shift over to our new iconic. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the Boris Karloff thing is just going. To <laughs> uh, oh, well, can't. I'm going to keep it alive. <laughs> still a fan of that one. <laughs> I was going to ask, actually, do you each have a, uh, a, a favourite kind of depiction of the creature sort of while we're on the subject? Oh, no, that's tough because it would say the one that we just made. Because it's, <laughs> Apart it's, from it's, that. Apart from that. Apart from that one. Apart from that one. Well, there's, well, there's, there's, there's so many ridiculous ones, really. I mean, I, 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 in terms of perfection, it's got to be the Boris Karloff. But, I mean, there's things like... Um, We've got a lot of derivatives in the popular culture. So I, I was a teenage Frankenstein. You got this this ridiculous character in there, and then Frankenhooker, which again another crazy derivative. Oh, Casanova Frank. Casanova Frankenstein. Yeah, the, the, the amorous yeah. monster. <laughs> Each one. But Bernard Breslau in Carry On Screaming. <laughs> oh, that's, yes. That's, was, that's, was he? Was he the monster? He wasn't the monster. He well, was, should have been. It was the little one. It was the. It was what was he called? I've forgotten his name. I don't know. Charles Holtrick. <laughs> no, 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 Charles Holtrick. going to make him monster. So, 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 but yeah, I mean, what about you? So what's your favourite? Uh, well, I guess it's going to be the Boris. It's got to be De Niro, isn't it? Yeah, see, again, it, I, I grew up with that film. I always go back to that. I have heard not very good reviews of it. Not that I go by reviews or anything, but since I discovered it, I found that it is one of the, uh, one of the versions of it that's really been panned by by fans, mm. either of the book or the other films or whatever. Um, I, I guess I have got a soft spot for always, you know, the the, the classic Karloff image is always going to be what comes forth first in my mind. But yeah, I mean, I think just for uh, loyalty to the book um, is in terms of yeah, um, movie representations, yeah, De Niro. I, I don't think there's anyone... Um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a great fan of Kenneth Branagh anyway, you know, since that film. And I love all the stuff he's done, but I, I don't know if anyone else has nailed the um, the story as good, as well as him yet. Well, Kenneth Williams. I mean, Kenneth Branagh, Kenneth Williams. I mean, they're very similar yeah. characters, really. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's obviously something in the name, isn't there? So. Yeah, we, we had a, a, 
a lady come around today who's part of a tourism uh, company from uh, America bringing tourists to Bath. Uh, and, uh, and she was saying how, you know, Americans think Frankenstein is American. Uh, I, it's yeah. Universal Studios. But of course, Mary Shadow was English and, and um, uh, Boris Karloff was English. Mm. Uh, it's as English as it gets, but yeah. it's, but it's, 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 it's the Herman Munster and the Adams family and all. That's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Lurch as well. Yeah. He was. He was very much in that vein as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Forgetting yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Lesson. Um. So just touching on a couple of other questions I got noted down here, really. So, um, what do you feel are the most interesting things that people have or will learn from visiting House of Frankenstein that they may not know before they come through the door? A creature. I, th I think. I think they'll leave going. Okay. Well, two things really. One. Actually, Mary Stanley was pretty extraordinary, mm. a great character. Um, I think that the, the, the creature was, you know, very different to what they expected, that the creature was could talk, was educated or self-educated and, and was sensitive. Um, so, you know, I, I think that I think that, that's what I would take from it. It's difficult to speak seriously when I've got yeah, yeah. the thing. What, what, what was that in the Adams Family, the hand? There was a thing. Yeah, thing, thing. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is real. This one's real, actually. So. <laughs> I've only just noticed. Sorry. I think, I think that's one of the one of the things that, that we we've we've all enjoyed about piecing this together is it's been fun. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> all the people that we've worked on, uh, we, we've I, I remember the the prop makers who have, have have created all these things and and things around. Uh, I, you know, we we thanked them for uh, you know doing all the th mm. the stuff that they've done and going above and beyond. But they turned around and thanked us. That'd be yeah. brilliant. I think this is the point of it. You know, you, you approach this with your own vision. You've got an idea. And I think that both of us, you know, we, you just you, you just got to accept the. You, you have to value other people's thoughts, yeah. and, and then people contribute something. You think, oh my gosh, that's better. That'll move it in that direction. And so we 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 were always willing to listen to people's ideas. And and and, and, and this is what it is. This is not just one person's idea. This is a, a lot of people, a lot of creative people's ideas here. Mm. But that's just actually sort of made something I think quite special. I say that immodestly because mm. it's not. I can no, I can say it because it's not me. It's this. This is a lot of people. Yeah. I'm speaking on behalf of them, they've created something beautiful. We've done a, we, we did a poster, you know, a kind of a, a poster, an iconic, and we've done it quite uh, like a film poster because mm. what we put together is quite theatrical in that respect and filming. Uh, and, and we had to put a list of all the people who have worked on the project and contributed in certain ways. There's about 50 people. Wow. So I mean, we're representing all those, the, the creative imagination and talents of all those 50 people. So, uh, you know, you come in and you look, oh, that was that person did that. Oh, we didn't have that idea. That was their idea. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's really nice. <clears throat> it's not to sound too cliche, but it is like you have done your own movie in a sense. You know, it's an experience from the, from the minute they... Yeah, someone comes in the door you know they live through this story as they go through so i think that yeah that movie poster image that you're talking about i i love the the imagery that you've got Actually, i will flash some more up hold on but you know oh, oh yeah that, that's yes that, that, that was done really well it's it's yeah. it's fantastic you know it captures it captures all the dare i say magic if there can be magic in this story um and i think know, the, the the staff loved doing because they're quite theatrical as well and they love attending yeah. to the visitors and 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 acting uh throughout the whole process so one of the things that we will do over the next couple of years is actually make a movie here we want to do awesome. fright in the museum or whatever it may be and actually uh, make a film. it's already dressed i mean the the, the, the set yeah there. yeah 
yeah, you've done the work and the hard work already. And especially with the creature, if, if, uh, if, if, if anyone wants to take up that image, like we mentioned earlier and run with it, you've already done the work for them, you know? So yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so just to finish off, just one final question then, sort of the, the future of, of where House of Frankenstein can go. You briefly touched on it earlier that, you know, you'd like to open up other sites that replicate it. Is there anything else that you, you would love to do with this, which kind of takes off any kind of like spin-off? um you know attraction yeah. or project but, uh, um next week we we we're, we're, we're going to um see a, a bus so we're working with the bus but bu the bath bus company uh and to do a uh freight bus uh and wow. uh we're seeing an old route master that they're going to uh, provide we're going to work in conjunction uh and then we're going to do a one and a half hour tour um bath and bristol uh, in an old route master where things happen throughout the whole tour. So we've got that uh, going on. Uh, we also want to open some accommodation. So we're looking at accommodation locally to here, um, <coughs> where we will have themed Gothic sleepovers, scare B and B. Uh, and we, we, you know, people can choose uh, mild, medium, or hot experiences. Uh, yeah. Every year we're going to have a monster ball. So uh, we'll take over the assembly rooms or whatever, uh, and everybody's going to get dressed up, you know, like Elton John dressed up, and we'll dance to the Rock and Roll Picture Show and the Monster Mash. <laughs> wow. So we've got lots of those elements and other assets we want to add. But prior to that, at the end of this month, our escape room's opening. So we've got, um, nice. at the top of the building, we've got a dedicated escape room, which is Victor's Lair. And that's a, that's a, a really you, you, you're locked into this, the room. You have a, an hour to get out, or you become part of uh, Victor's experiments. So it's a, it's, a, it's a quest to find body parts. We we did Fantastic. it. Neither of us have ever been in an escape room before. Okay, uh, cool. We loved it. We absolutely loved it. Oh, even, I panicked. Even, <laughs> even though there were three of us, you can't see without glasses. We only took two pairs of glasses. Oh no. So, so and it was quite dim. But it was it was a very <laughs> exciting experience, and we, and we managed to achieve it with two minutes to spare. It was great. There you I got go. a, I did you? I think I cheated. Well, you shouldn't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, no, it, was, it was fun. It, it was good fun. So that's opening at the end of the, uh, end of the in month. In two weeks, yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Brilliant. Listen, Chris and Jonathan, this has been fantastic having you on. Thank you so much for your time. Um, oh, you what? Lovely to meet you. And, and, uh, and we can't see your viewers, but I'm sure they love you. I'm sure they are. Yes, they are. They keep coming back. So that's all I can ask. So. <laughs> Just well, thank you for having us on, and uh, now we'll see you here again sometime. Uh, we, we just, uh, I'll, I'll send you through the um, the new trailer we've just made. It's been awesome. made by our film director colleagues. It's yeah, uh, do that. It, 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 it give you it give your viewers a, a flavour of what's inside, other than the merch room. And I would definitely stick that out. So just just before I let you go, just let everyone know. I mean, they, they'll have no problem finding you if they were to type in House of Frankenstein. But just confirm where they can find out more about the attraction, where they can book tickets, um, everything like that. Feel well, free. luckily, when we first came up with this idea, we were sitting in the pub and we checked whether the domain name www.houseoffrankenstein.com was available. Strangely, it was. So that's where you'll find us. Um, and it's at 37 uh, Gay Street uh, in, in Bath. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys again. And, you know, wish you every success with it. Um, Thanks. Thanks, thank you thank you for bringing it you know to, to bringing it to life you know i for one you know can vouch for how amazing it is you know everyone can employ i've been telling everyone about it since i've since i've been there as well so you know continue success and you know i'll uh 
I'm very, I'm going to be very, very intrigued to see where this can go and all those projects that you've got sort of in the works. So uh, yeah, good luck with them all. Great. Thanks for your interest. Lovely. And support. No worries. Take care. All Thank best. you. Thanks. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Oh, <laughs> my